How's it going today, guys? Once again, I'm back here live in the studio. Another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today is Sunday, January 6th. We just finished up Wild Card Weekend, baby. Got the national championship on tomorrow. I had to bring on none other to talk about this wild weekend we had. Great weekend of football with me. Then D. Cohen Hughes. Cohen, say what's up to the people. What's up to the people? How's it going? Um, while you guys were watching the Wild Card Weekend, I was balls deep in the Golden Globe Awards. I loved hearing Jeff Bridges. I'm just fucking around. I didn't watch that gay shit. I'm, I was watching football all goddamn day. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, who's watching the Glo- the Golden Globe Awards? I was watching football. I had a little basketball up on my laptop so I could do some two-screen multitasking. I was actually extremely heated and pissed off during that Eagles game over the Hawks beating the Heat. I mean, dude, how do you have 62 po- or 74 points against the Hawks, the worst defensive team in the league, 74 points with less than five minutes left. If I was Eric Spolstra, I would have slapped every single player on my team in the face and said, you are you should be embarrassed to call yourself an NBA basketball player. I mean, yep. that's I'm, – I'm pissed off, man. Atlanta can't win or lose the right I was way. I said the Hawks pissed, can't even lose right. Yeah, dude, it's, it's just quite infuriating, but – Let's get down to it. It was a wild, wild, wild card weekend. We'll kick it off here with the first game. This was actually probably the worst game of the entire weekend, the Colts-Texans. And, Cohen, I tried to tell you, man, Andrew Luck was coming out for a vengeance with this game. The Colts O-line held up. Um, Disappointingly, Bill O'Brien had a few questionable calls, like going for it on fourth and four on their own 12-yard line. Mm -hmm. When they really needed a touchdown, I understand – you want to go for the touchdown, but take the fucking points, dude. Like, you never know when they'll come in handy. Um, I went three for one on games this weekend in the NFL, so that was my one loss. Um, I guaranteed an Eagles win. It happened. Yeah, you did. Um, but speaking about that um, Colts-Texans game, it was in Houston. I really thought um, the Texans were going to come through and win it, but the Colts O-line held up. Andrew Luck had all day to throw. Um, Inman had an awesome day. Um, T.Y. Hilton had an awesome day. Only had like four receptions, but still went for a volume of yards. I saw one catch he had for like 27 yards. Um, yeah, that first drive, they hit him on all three third downs. He had like 63 yards receiving on the first drive, and all those catches were on the third da- were on third downs. Mm-hmm. But Marlon no, Mack had an awesome day. Um, 125, mm-hmm. I think, for him. The first time either one of those teams had allowed a hundred yard rusher during a game. Um, that's a good, that's a good it, stat right there. It ended up being being close at the end, but that wasn't very indicative of how the game actually went. You know. Yeah, I mean, this is a game Indianapolis came out the gates fire, and they looked ready to play. Frank Wright got his team ready to go, and the Houston just kind of looked like they. Couldn't get it going quite quickly or quick enough. They had a couple three and outs, and it just put them behind the eight ball too quick, and they had to try to play down. I agree that Brill O'Brien had some questionable calls. They were not great calls. I heard some people say that you should be fired. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. I know you're a huge Bill O'Brien supporter, so you were probably not. Yeah, you were not very happy. I assume with those comments either. Oh, oh, Uh, oh! oh, I would, I would love if he was fired. If he was fired, that means he can come to Atlanta. (laughs) Him him or Mike Tomlin. That's who I want. I mean, I wouldn't mind having either of them in Atlanta, but it's a story for another day. But, I mean, Andrew Luck, if he didn't get that pass batted down by J.J. Watton picked off, I mean, this game could have got uglier a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. As I said, I picked the Colts in this game. I was 4-0 this, this wild card weekend, good wild card weekend for me. My pockets are looking pretty nice after it. But, 
I mean, Andrew Luck played pretty well, I thought, in this game. He did everything he needed to in the first half. The Colts kind of went conservative, tried to run the ball, run clock. Like you said, Marlon Mack, eight. I just felt like the Colts had their game plan. They came out there, they enforced it. Thought Andrew Luck did a good job with his legs of picking up yardage and keeping plays alive. I mean, the Colts just dominated this game. You saw kind of what we saw. They got Deshaun Watson a lot. I believe they had... They had three sacks in the game. So, I mean, they got Deshaun Watson quick and early. They got some turnovers. I mean, I just felt like they played the game. They played this game well. I mean, this is a game I kind of knew Deshaun Watson would throw would throw an interception. And I tweeted out before the game started my player prop that I would ride for that game was Deshaun Watson throws an interception. Pretty easy one. He cashed it for us before halftime. Um, from a Texans standpoint, I really wouldn't be worried about Deshaun Watson. I thought he played a good game. I mean, eight rushes, 76 yards. He did have that one interception, three for 235. Had a touchdown. I mean, your best wide receiver in Nuke Hopkins is banged up. The story came out after the game was over that he had dislocated his shoulder. He pretty much apparently had to help him get his shirt and his pads on and everything. He had that ankle or what was it? It was either ankle or calf injury that was bothering him. But, I mean – if I'm a Texans fan, I wouldn't be worried. I mean, it's your first time in the in the playoffs with a first-year quarterback, so there's always going to be growing pains with that. And if I were Texans fans, I'd be encouraged that y'all are going to come back and have a good season next year. Yeah, no, you can't be worried if you're the Texans. Um, your O-line is atrocious. Um, your defense and mm-hmm. a few key skill positions on offense were banged up. Some guys playing with mm-hmm. injuries. Um, you shouldn't really be discouraged. Um, Texans – have a bright future, yeah. I know that sounds kind of like candy corn, pie in the sky, you know, fucking stupid. But really, like Texans, you're in you're in no condition to complain. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, it's just one year too soon for the Texans. I thought the Colts played really really well though. This is a young team that was one year kind of ahead ahead of schedule. I mean, Darius Leonard, the rookie, him and Quentin Nelson both made first team All Pro. They both played really well. Quinn Nelson had a lot of big key blocks. They kept just keying in on him. Oh, I mean, he was he, a, he was really a really good. Out. He was an absolute wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying, man. Quinn Nelson had a, had a hell of a game, and I just felt like too Darius Leonard, 13 tackles. I mean, like I said all week long, he was going to do a good job in the tri- job coming up and making plays for him. I mean, the crazy thing is that he had seven sacks this season as a linebacker, and he blitzed like 40 set like 44 times this season. So I mean, yeah. that's a crazy efficiency number of him making impacts on the plays. I mean, I thought they just set their defense up well and they were ready to roll out the gates and their game was pretty much, they won the game in the first half and just coasted through the whole second half and Texans tried to play catch up and couldn't. So hats off to the Colts. I mean, it's going to be a fun game watching them next week, but we'll save talking about what we think is going to happen next week for that. I mean, do you have any other thoughts you want to say on this game before we roll on to the next one? Um, just really looking quickly ahead um, in Arrowhead. Do you think the Colts have a shot at all? Absolutely. I don't trust Pat Mahomes, man. And I don't trust that Chiefs defense. That Chiefs defense, when I was watching, every single time I've watched them this season, it's kind of funny. Me and my dad were watching them on that uh, Sunday night game against Seattle. And I was like, there was a couple times where Seattle had like third and 13s, third and 20s, and they were picking them up. And I was like, I looked at my dad and I was like, you know what, what, what defense this reminds me of? And he, before I could even get the words out of my mouth, he said the Falcons. So, I think that this defense is going to struggle. I mean, I'm definitely going to take the points in this game for the Colts. I think the Colts, I mean, I might even take the Colts to win this one outright. I haven't decided yet on that, but Arrowhead's a tough environment to play in. The, the Colts are a dome team, but I feel pretty safe with the points. I think Andrew Luck's going to put them up. So that'll be a fun one to watch. What do you th- What do you think? Oh, yeah. No, they, de- they definitely have a chance. Uh, depending on what the points are, if it's anything inside. Five and a half. Five and a half right now. Um, yeah. If it's over plus 200, I'll take the Colts money line just as a flyer. 
the points kind of scare me, um, especially. Oh, it'll definitely the, be the, way over two hundred plus five and a half. I don't know what it's going to be at exactly, but yeah, the chief the Chiefs do have a have a w- extra week of rest, and it's a home game. Uh, the points do kind of scare me, but I'll take a flyer on some sort of, you know, Colts money line. You got to, you got to. Um, next game, I personally, I mean, obviously that Eagles game, you couldn't top it, but I thought this was probably the best game out of the games on Saturday. Thoroughly enjoyed watching it play out was the Seahawks and the Cowboys. Um, y'all know I'm a huge Russell Wilson supporter. Russell Wilson did not disappoint. I just want to go ahead and say that first. Russell Wilson did everything he had to do and more. He made some crazy throws in this game. I think on that fourth down throw where he found Doug Baldwin for the huge game. I mean, he pretty much fit that in there perfectly. Got it down the sidelines. I thought. Probably the biggest play of the entire game was that Sebastian Janikowski missed field goal before halftime, not because he missed the field goal, but because he pulled his hamstring. And it actually, you would think that it hurt Seattle in this game, but it actually helped Seattle in this game. Just think about it. They wouldn't have gotten that. They wouldn't have gone for that fourth and seven. They would have kicked a field goal if that didn't happen. So 100%. Encouraged them to play more aggressive, try for touchdowns instead of field goals. Um, I guess more to lose. You could call because they knew Michael Dixon looked ugly as hell kicking field goals. Um, I agree with you. He 100%. dropped kicks. Yeah, and it's yeah, that's what I'm and saying. It's weird. It didn't look good. Um, I don't know if in, in the pressure situation he would have even been able to make it from 35 mm-hmm. on a drop kick. That's what I'm saying, man. I mean, one touchdown, 233 yards passing, 14 on the ground, and a rushing touchdown for Russell Wilson. I mean, he tried to do everything he could do to get things going against his Cowboys defense. This is a really good Cowboys defensive unit. Like, I was bragging on how well they play at home and how hard it is to beat them at home. I thought Russell Wilson played really well to not turn the ball over against them. I mean, that's a really hard thing to do. It is, 100%. So, I thought the Seahawks played well. Their rushing attack did get shut down, which I think was the biggest thing to help Dallas in this game. Seattle averaged, like, hundred I think it was 164 yards per game on the ground coming in. They got held to 73. Obviously, Wilson punched that one in on the ground. So I thought that was a big-time game-changer, the fact they were able to neutralize that run attack. On the flip side of things for Dallas, they did a good job of playing to their bread and butter, forcing third and longs, keeping the ball in their offense's hand, running the ball, running clock. I mean, Dak did have that one pick, but that wasn't even his fault. That should have been caught by the receiver, and that was a hell of a play by K.J. Wright to bobble that one and catch play. it. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean – Amari Cooper clearly making that trade for him was huge. He had 106 yards receiving, but I would have given my MVP of the game actually to Ezekiel Elliott. I know Zach punched in the big one on the ground. I know he did a good job throwing the ball, but that Ezekiel Elliott run he had right before halftime, the footwork on that was crazy. He took that one step inside, got the safety and the corner to come inside, and then just boom, just bounced outside next step, and he took off down the field. And I really felt like that big run right there opened things up for them for halftime. Because, I mean, Dallas is one of those teams that when they're forced in predictable passing situations, that's not what they want. And they were kind of in one right there. But Ezekiel Elliott was able to change everything for him right there and get them on the board right before right before halftime, put them back in the lead in kind of a half they dominated. Yeah, and uh, he had 31 carries, which is a workhorse numbers. Um, I love it. I don't, I don't even I didn't even see Rod Smith take one, one, one carry. Um, yeah, he had one, he had one carry for one yard. One carry. Um, Zeke Elliott, you're a workhorse, and I love you. Oh, yeah. I mean, Zeke is misleadingly fast. You see how big he is, and he always runs yeah. between the tackles. But, I mean, he's got speed, and he's quick. So, I mean, he did pretty well there. He also had 32 yards receiving, four catches, five targets. I mean, I thought he played great. Michael Gallup had a huge catch. I mean, obviously, I said that a lot Gallup of people catching 106 the end yards. zone was so nice. Dak threw a perfectly mm-hmm. placed ball. Um, 
Gallup pulled it in nice, got the feet inbounds. That 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 was an awesome play. Oh, yeah, and I even think another big thing is, too, I mean, this Dallas defense, they're known for getting after the quarterback. You get, saw guys like Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, I mean, guys who are known for getting lots of sacks and tackles in these games. They didn't have a – they sacked Russell Wilson one time, and it was Malik Collins who got the sacks. So, I mean, I thought that was weird, too. I mean, Dallas's defense just did a good job of playing against the pass, and same thing with Seattle's, too. I thought both defenses just did a good job. I mean, not, the sack numbers and stuff like that won't really jump off the board to you, but, I mean, they just did a good job in the trenches and everything. It was a good, hard-fought defensive game, as I thought it would be, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Dallas's offense was just played better, and they played better at home, and that's what ended up prevailing in this game. Had this game been in Seattle, I think Seattle would have won by, like, seven points. I 100% agree. Um, I said before these games, that Seattle's defense, the way it's built, they're not big enough to bang inside with guys mm-hmm. like Zeke Elliott and the Cowboys O-line. So it was easy for them to control the line of scrimmage, um, to run the ball up front, allowed Zeke Elliott as many yards as he had, and the 30 carries in tempo was awesome. Um, they did exactly what they had to do. Um, Seattle had a very, very, very noble effort. I love Pete Carroll to death. He's honestly one of the best coaches in the NFL. But hats off to the Cowboys. Their defense played good, contained, uh, kept everything in front of them. But other than that, if Seattle would – could add one more just true offensive weapon, like a nice-ass tight end, not no Jimmy Graham bullshit, but mm-hmm. a really good tight end or a really good receiver, a really good running back. It would take some of the load off Russell Wilson, and they can go above the above the hunt. Yeah, and going back to actually what you said about tight end, one player I forgot to talk about in the Colts game was Eric Ebron. He had a great season this season. He continued to ball out in this game as we saw him play another great game where he had some big catches, but – I mean, like you said, I think that Dallas really needed that extra tight end. I kind of saw some rumors going around. They were trying to get Jason Witten to come out of retirement for the playoff push, but he really wasn't about it. But overall, like you said, Dallas played to their strengths. They let their big offensive line push people around and ran the ball well behind them. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they can neutralize the Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald pass or attack. So that's going to be a huge matchup to watch out for next season or next week. But if Dak Prescott continues to play like this, 22, 33 passing 226 yards, one touchdown. I mean, this Dallas team is going to be tough to beat, man. Oh, hundred percent. As long as they can keep running the ball, control, control time of possession, keep their defense off the field. I mean, that's what you want if you're Dallas. So, I look for Dallas to continue to try to do that. I mean, they dominated time of possession. They had 34 minutes and 50 seconds to to uh, Seattle's 25 minutes and 10 seconds. Both teams kind of even in the penalties. So, I mean, both teams were playing smart, but that's really where the game was won was the fact they were able to rush the ball. Because, I mean, usually Seattle likes to run the ball and run clocks. So, I mean, it was pretty much in this game came down to who could run the ball on the ground and kept Dallas ended up doing. I think the final score – is a little bit closer than the game actually was. I mean, the game was close, but, I mean, they got that garbage time touchdown. Also, another big thing was special teams, and Dallas clearly had the better special teams. Million Yeah. I mean, that Tavon Austin return was unbelievable, and then mm-hmm. he also had the other one that got called back for the penalty. So, I mean, Tavon Austin yep. came out to play. He did. Anything else you want to say about this one before we move on? <clears throat> I just want to say fuck you to all the Cowboys fans who booed whenever they got Leighton Van Der Esch in the draft. We heard you on oh. TV. We heard you booing Leighton Vander Ash, and look. Look at what he's done for you. Eat shit, Cowboys fans. 
<laughs> I love that. Yeah, he led the team in tackles and he made plays all over the field. I mean, they don't even have Sean Lee, who's arguably going into the season, was arguably a top three to five middle linebacker in the NFL. And he's been out pretty much all season long. Leighton Vanderesh and Jalen Smith are playing like first team. They're pretty much playing better than he is or as good as he could have played. You, I don't think you do much better than he's doing. So Stiles defense is scary. I think Sean Lee will be looking for a new team to play for after the season's over. If He, he just can't stay on the field. It's tough for him. Mm-hmm. He's never really been able to. All right, so next game, we have the Chargers at the Ravens. This is a game I also picked the Chargers, plus three. I wanted to play it safe once again, although I figured they went outright, which they did. Chargers were 7-1 and one away. I, for some reason, the Chargers played their best football on the road. Phillip Rivers, we really didn't pass the ball that great today. I mean, I felt like he really only, at the same time, had one bad throw. He kind of took what the defense get, gave him. When you play a defense like Baltimore, you got to take what they can give you. Baltimore limited him to 154 yards passing. 89 yards rushing. I would say the Chargers offense did what they needed to do, but this game was dominated by the Chargers defense. They had those two recovered, or they had their, I guess they did have two recovered fumbles. And then, I mean, they were just put, you know, like, I just felt like the Ravens players all had butterfingers. You know, they had four fumbles, they lost two of them. So that really is going to hurt your, you know, that really hurts your team right there. Um, I'll say this. Um, Lamar Jackson didn't look bad per se. His two fumbles didn't weren't great. weren't a great look. Um, three fumbles. Three fumbles weren't a great look. I think that two point conversion that they tried at the well end of the third quarter or whatever. Um, I think they actually converted that. The one that um, they reached over the line and fumbled it, and then they called oh, it yeah. dead. The one that they called short. I think they actually reached and converted that. Um, Wait, are you sure you're not talking about the Eagles game? I don't remember him trying a two point conversion. Oh, oh, oh! Was was that the Smallwood carry? Yeah, that was Smallwood. Okay, okay, never, never mind then. Um, I don't know. There's, there's going to be a debate about should the Ravens have brought in Joe Flacco whenever Lamar Jackson looked kind of bad in the game at first. Um, I agree with Harbaugh's decision to stick with Jackson. I mean, got to let him learn somehow. Um. That was a good game, though. I, I, I really did enjoy watching that game in its entirety. Yeah. I kind of – I at halftime tweeted out that I would bring in Joe Flacco just to try to catch them off guard, but I really don't mind the decision not to. At the same time, you got to play for the future, and that would really hurt Lamar's confidence. I actually thought Lamar Jackson played a good game. Look, he had negative two yards passing up until the fourth quarter, but Lamar sat back there. He faced adversity. He made some huge plays with his legs. Had nine carries for 54 yards in the game. He ended up throwing for 194 yards. He did have a pick, but he also threw for two touchdowns, and he had some huge plays where he kept it, kept it alive with his feet and found receivers downfield that made big plays in the passing game for them. So overall, I really thought the Ravens played – you know, I thought the Ravens played played better than the score says. This is a game where I really I feel agree. like if they had taken care of the ball at the beginning of the game, because, I mean, their defense is hold, holding San Diego to these field goals all game long. Then again, at the same time, San Diego could have punched that one in when they were down around on the goal line. But overall, I thought the Ravens' defense played good enough to win. Chargers' defense just came out and played better. This is a very defensive game, even though the final score is 23-17. A lot of the scoring happened in the fourth quarter with the Chargers scoring 11 and the Ravens scoring 14. Mm-hmm. If anything, I think Lamar. my biggest takeaway from this game would be that Lamar Jackson, he faced adversity, scored zero points in the first half, and he got better as the game went on. At the end of the day, that's all you can ask for is your team getting better as the game goes on and your young rookie players. So it's another one of those things where you can't really look down at it. I think the Chargers are also hot. I think that, like I said last week that or on our last episode, that 
the fact that they had another week to, or like they had seen this rush attempt and they had, or this rushing attack that the Ravens bring to the table, and they had kind of seen the Browns shut it down in the second half. It gave them kind of a blueprint to do it, and they had already learned. I mean, we saw guys like the rookie from Florida State, my boy Derwin James, coming up making big plays on the field. Melvin Ingram making big plays. I mean, tackle. They were getting a lot of. They had nine tackles for a loss, which is huge. They had seven sacks in this game. I mean, a lot of them. They were Jackson trying to get out of the pocket and run. Yeah. So at the same time, they're not real sad. But I just felt like this defense was good at getting to the ball in the backfield and not really letting them extend those plays and get out of the pocket because that's where Lamar Jackson killed them the first time was um, second and third downs when he'd leak out of the pocket with his legs and find a receiver or he'd just take off on him. So both these defenses played really, really well. And this is a defensive game, even though the final score is 23-17. Yep. Anything else? Any other thoughts you got on this game before we move along? No, I, I agree with what you said. Um you have to look look for the future with Lamar Jackson, um, Philip Rivers. This is this is one of his last rides, probably to a, a deep playoff run. So kind of just chalk those up as a wash for Lamar Jackson. You know, know that he has more in him. And uh, this Ravens defense was really really great. Credit Philip Rivers for the passing yards he did have because he was having to dink and dunk and kind of throw around guys and like you said, take what the defense gave him. And for an elite defense, it's not much. Um, Lamar Jackson did look good in the second half. I like what you said. He got better as the game went on. And, and to do that in a playoff game as a first-year starter, the youngest player ever to start a playoff game, um, that's a very, mm-hmm. very, very good sign. Yeah, no, exactly. I agree with you there completely. So Joe Flacco's got one year left on his deal. What do you do with him? Whatever dumbass Jacksonville wants to give you for him, you got to take it. I, I don't think he's worth a, worth a, f- a flip. Anymore, I think he's past his 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 prime. I think he's past milking age. Um, I think you swindle Jacksonville for him. They'll get a quarterback to use the next year, and you'll get whatever draft picks they can give you. Um, I think I think Jacksonville is a good landing spot for him. I think it's also a good landing spot for any of these quarterbacks that could get traded from these teams that kind of have more than one, but. I personally think Joe Flacco can still play some good football. I just think that his time and, you know, like I feel like the players, they want to play for Lamar Jackson, you know, like he's their boy. Like they want to go out there and ball out for Lamar. And I just feel like it's kind of different with Flacco. So these receivers, I feel like they're kind of old over it with Flacco. So I feel like with Lamar, man, they want to go out there. They want to ball out for Lamar. So I think Flacco can still play some good football. If anything, I think he's going to have a bigger chip on his shoulder and he'll have a good year next year. I don't know where he'll play, but I look for him to bounce back next season. Like you said, I could definitely see him going to Jacksonville. They're going to be hot in on Nick Foles and on him. Speaking of Nick Foles, let's talk about the Bears-Eagles game. Before we get to our what-do-you-do-Nick-Foles-Carson-Wentz debate, let's talk about the game here. Overall, I think this is probably the best game of the entire weekend. I mean, it was that fourth quarter was wild, man. I mean, this was a good, this was a good defensive matchup, a great game just to watch in general. First off, what the hell was that? Who? What, what was the? Do you know what the referee's name was that was calling the game today? The head, no. the lead referee. No. What the hell was he doing? There was four different times where he went on the mic and gave information, gave out like um, his reasoning or like he's giving an explanation, and he just even didn't sound confident. Yeah, like at no, least he was stuttering and stuff. Stupid. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know what was wrong with him, man. Like on that fumble play when that Anthony Miller got ripped. He, like, said there was no clear recovery, and they were reviewing to see if it was a complete pass or not. Like, it didn't make any sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's kind of shitty that, that, that as soon as uh, the play got whistled dead, the referee picked up the ball because um, who knows if, if um, 
one of the Eagles players would have tried to jump on it. Mm-hmm. But I agree. The way that the referees like wording is and the way the rule is written, I hate the way the replay system works. Like just give us the right call. Don't give us this enough evidence to overturn the call on the field bullshit, you know, like make it to where we can watch the video and tell what the right call is. Bing bang done. Yeah, I mean, for Chicago fans, I saw a lot of funny videos on Twitter of them cursing out Cody Parkey for missing that field goal. By the way, that was the most absurd missed field goal I think I've ever seen. You see he's hit the he's hit that left post like six times this year on field goals. And the fact that it ricocheted off the lower crossbar, I mean, if I was a Bears fan, I'd have been pretty upset. But at the same time, I have no sympathy for you, Bears fans. My team blew a freaking 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. I have no sympathy for you. That literally, I think that's I think that play literally ruined my life. I think my life's been spiraling downward ever since that happened. I think I peaked at halftime, and ever since then, it's just been a downward slope. You know, I think that was when I hit the peak of my life at halftime there. But anyway, Mitchell Trubisky balled out in this game. I said I thought Mitchell Trubisky would not play that great in this game, his first playoff game. I was completely wrong. Uh, he impacted the game well. He didn't really do a lot on the ground. He only had three carries for nine yards, and we know what kind of runner he is. He was only sacked two times, lost 12 yards, so that's not that bad. But he had 303 yards passing and a touchdown. He made so many huge throws, whether it was a third down, whether it was on that last drive. I mean, anytime adversity came his way, he stood back there and he slung the ball. And that's with Philadelphia's Fletcher Cox and Michael Bennett-led defensive line. And that defensive line is stacked. Timmy Jernigan, I would be scared. I'm scared of them coming at me. And he sat back there all night long and made plays up and down the field against a great Philadelphia defense. I mean, 303 yards and a touchdown on 43 attempts for a, for a second-year quarterback like Mitchell Trubisky, first time ever playing in a playoff. So this is the biggest game of his career, and he balled out. I've always been a Trubisky supporter. When I w- I'm a Florida State fan, and I watched him throw the ball all over us that game. I was like, damn, this kid's for real, man. I watched him a lot in college. I'm a big ACC guy, so I'm I'm bought in on Trubisky, especially after this game. I was bought in on him before the season started. I'm even more so bought in on him now. Yeah, Trubisky um, definitely put his team in a spot to win. That fourth, qu- that fourth quarter drive, the last drive of the game, he not much else you can ask for him than to set your team up for a 43-yard field goal. You know, like, I'm not I'm not putting the blame on Cody Parkey because guess what? You don't lose a football game off of one single play. You lose a football game because you weren't up by 21 points going into the fourth quarter. You know, you could have been firing all, all cylinders, but you weren't. Um, to leave it in, in, into the hands of your kicker does him a disservice. But he missed uh, what should have been a chip shot in today's NFL. Um, Mitch Trubisky put his team in a – Excellent, excellent chance to win. Driving halfway down the field with, what, 48 seconds to go? Mm-hmm. It, it, it was impressive. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm actually going to have to disagree with you on that. I mean, I don't want to – I kind of agree with you in the fact sense that you can't put the entire game on one play, but at the same time, you're paid to do one thing, and that's make a field goal. It's literally straight-on 43-yard field goal. Nothing too absurd with wins or anything. You know, it Oh, it was a windless win- night. It was a windless night. Yeah. I say there's no excuses there. I mean, great call by Doug Peterson. Like I said, I nice looked for Doug kicker, Peterson baby. to outcoach Matt Nagy in this game, rookie head coach. It's exactly what he did, icing the kicker. We saw him drain. I think it was right down the middle on that first kick, and then the second one a little shaky. I mean, I think that's a ballsy call by Peterson. He pulled it off at the right time. I mean, both teams neutralized each other's rushing attacks. The Bears ran for 65 yards, 42 for the Eagles. Allen Robinson Ended up looking like a good free agency pickup. He had 10 catches, 143 yards, and a touchdown. 
guy balled out of his mind. But I actually think that my key player in this game for them was Tariq Cohen with what he did with big catches on third downs. He had three catches for 27 yards, but he had that 19-yard pass reception that set him up for one of their early scores. He had that great kick return that put them in a position to potentially win the game. I think Tariq Cohen is one of the most electric playmakers in the NFL, and we're going to be watching him make plays week in and week out. I mean, he's kind of, he's kind of like the new Darren Sproles, but he's faster and quicker. So I really like the way he played. also thought Jordan Howard, I mean, he played decent. He, had, he only had 10 carries for 35 yards, but you got to take what the defense can give you in a game like this. The Bears' defense played great. Uh, I felt like that um, Akeem Hicks kind of dominated up front. But from the Eagles side of things, man, what can Nick Foles not do? He had those two interceptions. One of them wasn't his fault. The second one he got hit is he threw, so you can't put it on him too much. Potentially the Eagles should have had more points in this game than they did. But he threw two touchdowns, led them down the field, ended up being Golden Tate, the guy they brought in. Ended up being – I kind of – said they didn't really need Golden Tate, and I didn't really think he did anything for them, but he ended up making the biggest play for them all season long with that catch. Yeah, and I would be willing to agree with you they didn't need him because Tate belongs in an offense where there's volume throws and he gets volume targets, and Mm -hmm. he gets targeted 12 times a game for 10 catches. You know, like, he's not really built for the Eagles system to where you're blocking most of the time and you kind of have to get open and then be wide open to get catches, you know, like – but to go back to Nick Foles, um, that guy's just my fucking dad, dude. I'm just going to go ahead and say uh, he, <laughs> that I don't even know. Like, to do what he's done uh, with a bench roll and he knows that that he's on the bench and he didn't expect Carson Wentz to get hurt again, Like th- that is just fucking incredible, dude. To win a playoff game on the road, with busted up ribs against the league's quote unquote scariest defense. Oh my God. What an absolute monster. I I hate the Eagles. I absolutely hate the green flying Philly fucks, but that respect is earned. And by me, respect is given. That was fucking impressive. No, absolutely. That was very impressive. I felt like the Eagles kind of gave up when they sat Carson Wentz out for the season. I wrote them off completely. Like, you remember what I said when you said I almost made you cry when I said that they left everything they had out on the field in Dallas and their season was over at that point, but yet it's not. And here's the Eagles playing again in the next round of the playoffs. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey had a great game. Zach Ertz, I mean, Golden Tate, like you said, I mean, they actually got him involved. They had five catches, 46 yards, the the game-winning touchdown, eight targets, um, Eagles typically haven't played well this season without run game, but they found a way to do it the last couple weeks without a run game. They've been Nick Foles, like you said, man. I mean, what can Nick Foles not do? This guy seems to get bigger in every single moment. Brings up a key question here, though. Who would you rather have, Carson Wentz or Nick Foles? Um, this is going to sound really stupid, but you, you're a logical guy. You're going to know where I'm going with this. Um. Mm-hmm. You obviously, obviously, obviously have to stay with Carson Wentz, and and it's it's a no brainer. But the rhetorical question comes to mind: how can how can you do this to Nick Foles? He's he's led you on two deep playoff runs, one with a Super Bowl, one isn't even done yet, and all signs on paper and. All signs in the past point to staying with Nick Foles, but we know that this is, I don't know if the right word would be flash in the pan, 
I don't know if the right word would be just Nick Foles is old as hell and just the Eagles have a great system. But don't you see the new heights that Nick Foles gets this team to play with that Carson Wentz like doesn't? And and, and I get it. You know, like it's playoff time versus regular season time. So it's a very odd dispute of if Carson Wentz was playing in the playoffs, we could see this. We could see this. We could see this. But to see this Eagles team motivated and playing with with, with Nick Foles is better than I've seen them play with Carson Wentz ever. But you know and I know, obviously, you do have to stick with Carson Wentz because he is the future. But, I mean, goddamn, dude, I've never seen this, this team play as good as they do under Nick Foles. Look, I want to take Nick Foles over Carson Wentz. Nick Foles has done nothing but ball out and do what you have to do. But at the end of the day, DeFilippo leaves. Carson Wentz has no time really to get it, to get situated with this new OC. You know, like he doesn't have the snaps or the reps he needs because of his injury. So he misses out on reps. So I really think that that kind of put him behind the eight ball to start the season with. They had to shut him down. He had the injured back. So... I just think Carson Wentz tried to rush back from this injury. It was a little too soon from the Eagles. They were struggling. They needed to get him in there. I don't want to part ways with Nick Foles, but at the same time, you can get a lot of value you from him. You have to. So, you have to. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Personally, though, like you said, I don't think I can get rid of Carson Wentz, though. I mean, Carson Wentz, what he was doing in that MVP season was unbelievable. I know you said that you really haven't seen him play that, but at the same time, I mean, they were unbelievable. With well, as a that cohesive season. unit and, and accomplishing things, playoff wins, the three three win streak to get into the playoffs when they had a ninety seven point seven percent chance not to make the playoffs. Like you said, me and you both had written them off, and to see mm-hmm. how motivated they are with their backs against the wall. And with Nick Foles piloting that ship is is honestly fucking scary. And we we lived through it. He knocked us out of the playoffs, so I I can't bet against him. But you, me and you both obviously know you can't stick with him at, at this stage in his career. You have to go with Wentz. Yeah, no, if I, I agree with you there completely. I mean, he played a hell of a game. Next week against the Rams, he's going to put up the flashy numbers. He's going to throw all over him. Last time he played there, he went in there as a 13-point dog and absolutely embarrassed the Rams on primetime football. So... <laughs> I think the Rams are definitely going to have a little hate in their minds and want to get to come back. The Eagles are currently plus nine. I'm ab- dude, I'm smashing plus nine. I was about to say, I'll smash the money line too. I can never bet against Carson or Nick Foles ever again. I, mm-hmm. I, won't. I never will. Nine points, way too many. I can't even believe that. Shoot, I might bet on that tonight before I go to bed. Um, other than that, though, I mean, this is a great game, man. Philadelphia, they play their best football with their backs against the wall. Like they all say, we're the underdogs. I mean, they truly were the underdogs. Dude. They can, they played their best football with their backs against the wall. They did not quit. They did not give up. It was, It's fun to watch, man. That was a crazy game. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I was playing golf today. I remember I sent you a text. You were like, yo, you watching the games? And I was like, yeah, I'm about to play golf right now. And you were like, you couldn't get me to to get get out of the TV room right now. You know, you couldn't get me off my fucking couch right now. So while I was playing golf, I had the stream of the game up every second of every minute of the game. Um, I was able to catch up on the golf course. We didn't finish playing golf, but I did finish watching that game. I'll tell you that much right now. Hey, that's all you can ask for, man. Um, Let's move here now to the big game on tomorrow. We got Clemson versus Alabama. I mean, it's it's a huge game. National championship. Got to 
Got to give it some love. 8 o'clock, 14-0. Both teams undefeated. Whoever wins this game will be the only undefeated team. Yeah, they'll be the only undefeated team left in college football. Isn't that correct? Yes. Yeah, that's right. All right, so what do you think about this game? What's your keys to the game? What do you think is going to happen? Um, the keys to the game, obviously, for Clemson, um, if, if they want to stay in this game, because the way I think, even being an Alabama guy, um, they are head and shoulders talent level and depth level above any other team in college football by far, and, and it's barely even close. Clemson is a close second, but it's barely even close. Um, if they even want to hang in this game, that defensive line has to bring pressure early, has to get hits on Tua, has to stop the run game on first and second down. Um, they're going to have to be aggressive in terms of play call, and they're, and, and they're going to have to be fast and physical. I hate to take a Dan Quinn fucking shitty quote, but they have to be fast and physical and get to the spot quick. Um, for Alabama, this is not one of those games where they can – run the clock down. This is not this is not a team that they can bully. Um they're gonna have to score, not field goals, touchdowns. Um the spread right now is minus six for Alabama and that's plus one hundred. I'm gonna hammer that minus six, may even buy back to six and a half, because I do see this being a seven point game at the end. Wow. Um I'm a little different from you on this one. I think Dexter Lawrence being out is big, but at the same time, it didn't seem to bother him as Cleon Farrell was all over the backfield of Notre Dame in that Final Four game. I don't think that Tua or Alabama has really faced an opponent quite like Clemson. LSU has a defense that's in the same neighborhood as does Georgia as Clemson, but at the same time, they haven't faced an offense like this. Trevor Lawrence, to me, I think that like after watching him, I've watched him pretty much play every single game because I'm an ACC guy. I like to watch and I like to watch the powerhouses play. These are the best teams to watch play in college football. I don't think I've seen a quarterback as good as Trevor Lawrence in college football in a while. Probably him and Deshaun Watson, I re- really do think are the two best like quarterbacks. I've been like, damn, this guy's going to be a beast in the NFL. Like obviously I watched Tebow, but I wasn't like uh, Tebow's, you know what I mean? I never bought into Tebow on the NFL level, but that's also could be me as a Florida state fan talking about a Florida guy, you know, yeah. but Trevor Lawrence, to me, Sunshine, he's the real deal, man. Like you said, out of Cartersville, Georgia, that's your boy. I believe I 100, I'm 150% bought in on Trevor Lawrence. I think this game will be a lot similar to the game that Clemson won. I don't think Clemson wins. I personally think that six in, that six points is too many to cover. I'm taking Clemson with the points. Um, I think that – I just think Alabama's not going to be ready for this. I could see Clemson winning this game outright. I mean, we saw how Tua played against Georgia. I think Clemson will be able to hang with them every single play. I think the game will come down to a score at the end of the game. My final score prediction is 31-27. Alabama wins this ball game, but I think Clemson plays with them. I think this defensive line gets after Tua. They make it tough on him all game long. I don't think we'll see a quarterback switch. Like some people have been saying stuff like that. Like we're going to see Jalen Hurts in this game. Don't really think we'll see him in there much except for just package plays and stuff. And I don't really think we'll see him ever being in there to do a whole drive and whatnot. I think both teams, Travis Etienne has ran the ball extremely well this season. He ran for uh, fifteen over 1,500, almost 1,600 yards, 22 touchdowns. Alabama obviously is a stable of backs. Look for T. Higgins to go off. Jerry Jetty's going to have a big day, too. I think it'll be a fun game to watch. I really think that this is the matchup that we need in college football. These are the, I think these two teams, I mean, if you look at them on paper, if you look at them, stack them up any way you want to, these teams are basically even. And I think the fact that I can get six points for teams that are even, I will take those six points all day. I'm going to hammer them. I think the – what's the over-under at in this game? 
57 and a half is what I have. So you said the over. You said because it'd be 58. Yeah, I think I think the over is probably a good play in this game. I think that there will be a lot of scoring. I mean, I could see it be even be even more high scoring than that. I think these teams, the way they run their offense and stuff, we could see some long touchdown plays that make the over cash. I think this is going to be a – I really do think like this is going to be the most fun college football game to watch all season. This is the matchup we've been waiting for. Alabama and Clemson have never disappointed me in the past when they've matched up. There's been a lot of points scored. I think this will be very similar to those Deshaun Watson games. So I look for lots of points. I think it will be a good game to watch. My key player in this game – is Cleon Farrell. I think if he can get to the quarterback in this game, that it can be that it can be a big time difference maker, and we could see Clemson pulling this one out as an underdog. I hundred percent agree. Clemson has to get to two if they want a shot. Mm-hmm. You can't let Tua sit back there and pick you apart. I also think that too the way these is kind of my same takeaway for Ian Book in Notre Dame. Ian Book was technically one of the most accurate quarterbacks in college football. He looked so off in that game against that where Notre Dame played against Clemson. I don't think Tua as well. I mean, yeah, he plays in the SEC, but we've seen how he's played against the caliber of corners and safeties and secondary and linebacker players that Alabama they're they're going to come on this field for Clemson. I think it's going to be a really good game, but I mean, I still think there's just going to be too many points. These offenses are both too dynamic. They're both the defenses are going to get tired. They're both going to be out there. You know what I mean? Like I, I think it'll be a fun game to watch. I think we're going to get thinking it'll be a good national championship game. I I agree. Um, let me give you some prop bets. You ready? Yeah, let's hear it. Who wins the coin toss, Alabama or Clemson? So who gets to call it? Doesn't say. I would assume I would assume it'd be Alabama, because the SEC uh, seems to be the higher rated. I I I don't know what the criteria is, but it seems like Alabama would be the preferred team no matter what. Does it say who's home and away? Um. That's typically how they do it. I think Alabama's home. Okay, so so the away team gets to call the coin toss, right? Yes. Okay, so. Mm. I think Dabo is going to go tails never fails and win the coin toss, baby. Oh, and I think yeah. they elect. I think they elect to uh, defer to the second half. Who scores first? Alabama. Minus minus one fifty. Clemson to score first is plus one twenty. Interesting. Yeah, I think I'll probably say I think Alabama scores first in this one. Will there be a score in the first five and a half minutes of the game? Yes, I think there will be. I agree. I think there will be. Um, who will be the first team to 10 points? Whew, first team to 10 points. Um, I'm going to go Alabama on this one again. I think it'll be – I think Alabama will come out hot, but I think Clemson and Dabo will have some, will have a little something up their sleeve to make the game cl- – you know what I mean? I feel like yeah. Alabama will come out hot since they're going to get the ball first, so I'd probably say Alabama. Will there be a special teams or defensive touchdown? I'm going to say no. Minus 155. Interesting. I might place that. Um, The longest touchdown in the game will be over 56.5 yards or under 56.5 yards. I say over. I think Jerry Jetty or T. Higgins busts, catches a ball, stiff arms the uh, defender, or they just burn him deep. I mean, Tua seems to be able to find Jetty pretty deep down the field, so I think there will be one over 58 yards. I agree 100%. This is a stupid one. I hate this one, but I also love it. Uh. Total points, even or odd? Shoot. Um, even Stevens all day. I always go. Yeah. Even. I always I'll go. I'll go. I'll go even as well. What I say, 31-27, so that'd have to be even. Will this game go to overtime, yes or no? 
Uh, I'm going to say no. I think that Alabama wins in regulation. Okay. If, if it does go to overtime, it may be worth it to put, put a flyer on yes, plus 700. That it goes to overtime? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, why not throw 10 bucks on that? Yep. Um, two more. Uh, this is a stupid one, but I love it. First team to call a timeout. I'm going to say Clemson's the first team to call timeout. They're both minus 115, so. But I agree. I think Clemson will have to make a de- defensive adjustment. Mm-hmm. No, I could definitely, yeah, I, I definitely just see, I don't know, for some reason I see Dabo having to take a timeout earlier, having to make some sort of offensive adjustment with Lawrence, not getting the right communication in for a big third down. I think Trevor Lawrence, though, the way he can run the ball and throw Mobley, I think that's going to be a big game changer. We've seen Alabama struggle with that kind of quarterback in the past, so I think he's going to be able to expose it once again for him. I mean, Kyler Murray was able to move the ball on them, although I think Alabama kind of gave up after they went up so big. They didn't, yeah. Nick Saban oh, yeah. was kind of being a good guy, didn't want to embarrass them, but... I think too. I think that. I think I think both teams are going to score some points. All right, last one. Will there be a safety? Yes or no? No. What's All the right. odds on that? Minus fourteen hundred. Yes, is plus seven hundred. Jeez, minus four. I was about to say if it's good odds, I'll hammer that. But nah. minus fourteen, that ain't even worth it. No. Hell no, it's not. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, that's all that's- I got. Not worth it at all. Yeah, yeah. I don't really. You got any other any more thoughts on the game or? We did a pretty good, damn good little episode. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was a nice little Sunday night. We got to do this again next week, Sunday night. You know, right after the games are over, it's the perfect time to to get in the studio, record something when the games are fresh on your mind. You know. Yep. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and get us on out of here then, Cohen. Last thing. Um. So you're taking you. So you're taking the tide minus uh minus, minus six, six tomorrow. Yep. Okay. I'm to, I'm going Clemson plus six, so like it. We're on on opposite ends tomorrow. Somebody's got to gotta win. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. But appreciate y'all tuning in once again. Follow me on Twitter at Hot Takes with TP3. I went four and zero today on or this weekend on NFL wild card picks. Um, two and two right now on um on college football final on college football final picks. So. We'll see what happens there with that. Um, probably not going to take an Alabama first half, even though I was a big advocate of that all season. Hey, you got to do it. You got to do it. It made you some money this year. You got to do it at least one more time. Give respect to the system. Let's see. What is the first half spread? Eh, minus three. That's not, uh, I kind of like that, honestly. A little minus three action in the first ride back half. back to two so. and a half and let it ride. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's. I like where your head's at right there, kid. But, yeah, once again, guys, we appreciate y'all tuning in. I'm Thomas Penland. Follow me on Twitter, at Hot Takes with TP3. This is Cohen Hughes. Cohen, say, what's, say what's, what you got for the people one last time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Cohen Hughes. Uh, you can find me at Cohen underscore Hughes on Instagram. Um, I don't do Twitter, but search Cohen Hughes on Facebook. I am the host of the Daily Degenerate Podcast. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. Thomas is on sometimes. Uh, he's a little bit overdue for an episode, so we'll have to get him on the next week or two. Um, but other than that, we hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Yeah. We'll see y'all on probably two Wednesday or Thursday. Also check out the association podcast, me and Cohen both on there, but till then we'll see you guys. All right. Peace out guys.